from Adam David Perryman, we've got Stop or My Mum Will Reboot. <laughs> I like that one. I like I like how it's like it's uh, it's saying Stop, don't do it, please. But I read it as a threat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop or my mum will reboot. Well, you do not want this. I think that works. Yeah. If yeah. my mum, I've spent ages putting these protocols on mum. <laughs> and if and if she reboots, she will go to factory settings. <laughs> factory settings. Kill. Kill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So so uh, we set this certainly in the in the near future. Oh no, I I, I like it. Um, how. Uh, how there's been a robot war yeah. that weirdly uh, going against convention that we've won. Yeah, okay. Um, and all the robots are dead and stuff, and uh, and, and or at this... least back in back in service. Back in service. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they've all had had like loads of limiter chips put on them. We'll yeah. call them behavioral limiter chips. Yes. Yeah. And and uh, and and Johnny Boy. Yeah. Johnny <laughs> Boy. Johnny yeah. Boy. Yeah. Um, child. <laughs> played by a child actor <laughs> but Winter McGrath I'm going to cast him sure, again because yeah. he's really good and he's got your surname he's got my surname yeah, yeah he's, he's really really good um, he's he's found this machine in uh, the desert somewhere and he's like a mechanic kid he's like okay got a screwdriver on it got the got the keyboard going in the uh, and because uh, cause his dad's a sort of slob they're living out in the suburbs it's very Spielberg like mm. and he's like I'm going to build a mom um, I kind of feel like it would be I I, I kind of like the idea of this mum coming from a kind of like a more societal place like you know they've got all these limited chips and stuff yeah well dad is lonely yeah <laughs> so he buys oh. he buys a mom yeah and it, but, but like it has to come back from the war, like it has to be a yeah. relic of the war that he then rebuilds. Well, everything's been repurposed now. Yeah. So what they don't realize is that like like a cursed dollar. Oh, it's it's like, it's one of the old super killer droids. Yeah, yeah. That everyone thought was, and they could they could disguise themselves as anything. Yeah. So everyone thought that they were all destroyed, but sh- there's one left remaining, and it, it, <laughs> and it's it, and it's been repurposed to become a become a mom droid or a, or a you know a wife droid or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and so, um, like yeah, it's it's not a very not a very good one. Obviously, it's like a repurposed yeah. one. It's not a brand new yeah, yeah. Uh, brand new thing, and because uh, the, the family can't really afford it, yeah. so because um, dad doesn't work. Yeah, we're really gonna we're really gonna lean hard on this dad being a prick. <laughs> yeah, because because you know he <laughs> he's engaging in the act of of of, of buying an object for. As, as a woman, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and um, and so and so this one time, uh, the kid takes takes them on, it's like take your bot to school day, okay, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, that kind of thing, and like it's sort of like it's breaking down. It's like time for PB and J sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's oh, no, on. stop breaking. And then like he hits it and it goes down. It's like, oh shit, I've got a, a factory reboot it. <laughs> <laughs> it just reboots and he goes, 
and then just lasers shoot yeah. out of his <laughs> lasers, mouth. Missile pods yeah. come a, a bunch out of the shoulders, like like uh, like a business suit from the nineties, like a, a power suit. <laughs> you know, the shoulders come out; they're bladed. They've got they've got missile pods, and like lasers are coming out of the eyes. I just love the idea that like lasers come out of the eyes, and the entire classroom just gets obliterated. <laughs> well, I think that's what could happen, right? We do this in a um, oh. <laughs> like because otherwise we don't have stop all my mom will reboot, right? We want to well, keep... this is how he learns that his <laughs> mum's a killer robot. I, I think this we want to keep because this is a kid movie, like a, a movie about a kid. We want to keep the stakes lower so that <laughs> so that like the destruction of the school is the is the is as far as we'll reach with this. No, we start with the destruction of the school. <laughs> we end with the destruction of mankind. I don't want to make a movie about the destruction of mankind. It's really it's exhausting. What's the potential destruction of mankind? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Like, that kid hates school anyway. Okay. It's his dream <laughs> to have school but finished. Right. Okay, but, like, the thing... Okay, so, so to make the argument um, that, like, this should stay in the school, mm. Stop or My Mom Will Reboot, yeah. right, has to be, I think, is the kind of thing that a child would say to other children, mm. right? Or at least adults who aren't listening to them. Right. Yeah. So, and the, the places where that hap- that happens most is in schools mm. where teachers will take your property and mess around with it. Yeah. And children will take your property and mess around with it. <laughs> teachers will take your yeah, property. Yeah, they used to and... confiscate all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah, but not mess around yeah, with it. They would. They would like. <laughs> you, are, you, are you telling me that you didn't get your Digimon uh, confiscated? I didn't have a Digimon. Well, I did, and I think they'd messed with it when I when I got back to it because it was dead. Right, right. Are any teachers listening? Yeah. If if you if you've ever confiscated something, teachers, right. we want to know. Message us yeah. privately and say if you've ever confiscated Our anything. Pitch show DM us. Yeah, yeah. Let us know if this is a true thing that happens. Like, you cannot tell me, teachers, that you have not con- like you haven't confiscated a fidget spinner and then used <laughs> start, said fidget spinner. Just not out of in, curiosity. Not in class. When they go off to off to the, uh, the playground, yeah. you start pissing about with that f- fidget spinner. Of course, you do. I, I guess it's just confiscating people's phones now, isn't it? Yeah, which they can't get you into can't, anyway. Yeah, you can't mess around with a phone, but like, <laughs> just use it as a fidget you know, spinner. Fidget spinners were what, like five years ago. So <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, um, the uh, what I'm trying to say is mm. that um, I think this fits better in mm. that kind of like on the way there. Bike kids come up and they're like, "Go over that ramp," and he's like, "No, I've got to keep my, got to keep my my mom safe." Safe, yeah, because if she reboots, <laughs> my god. Well, th- this is where he finds out because, yeah. like, um, uh, he's he's like being pressured pressured to go over this ramp yeah. with his mom on the back of his bike, and the juddering jump of she's she's facing backwards. Right, yeah. she's on the back. He's giving her a back, rattling around. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. rattling around. He does the jump, clonk, and then suddenly, like, just she gets knocked, yeah. and suddenly, like, in a defense mechanism, she says, "Like, defense lasers engaged," and just like uh, Lucy Liu is voicing this, yeah, mom. yeah. Um, and uh, uh, or indeed playing this mom. It's it's like C three PO. It's uh, Lucy Liu in a suit, yeah, in yeah a yeah. silver. Yeah. Jacket or whatever. Exactly. But with Lucy Lou prosthetics on. Like, she, she's in a suit, yeah. and then over the top, they oh, put a prosthetic oh Lucy God. Lou face. Uh, Don't! She'll scream and you'll explode! 
So it judders, yeah. and then out of her eyes come lasers. <laughs> they laser the, the ramp and all the kids' bikes. Oh, and he's like, oh my god! <laughs> None like, of the kids die. No, None no, of the kids no, die. No, We're not having that. We're not fine. having any of that in this. The, kids the, the, the bikes just melt. Yeah. And because it's like a really cool effect, we linger on that for a bit. Yeah. And, and <laughs> oh, look at the bike melt. And none of the kids really saw it happen. Like, it, it sort of like, it was so quick mm. that, that they're like, oh, f- you killed our ramp. They blame the kid, right? Mm. Something about your bike melted our ramp. Um, and so they're going to beat him up at school. Oh, God. They're going to take his, anything he's got, they're going to take his lunch money, they're going to take his, they're going to uh. get him, right? So that's where the premise is, right? He's in the playground. They start fighting him. They start <laughs> messing around. And he's like, don't, my mom will reboot. <laughs> and, then, and then he plays them the video footage back. It's like, oh, no, it was his mom. And it was, bleh. so he becomes friends with them. Yeah, but at which point the teacher comes over yeah. and says, I've just seen you guys fighting, mm. right, from on the on the video cameras yeah. in this cyberpunk universe. I'm, ta- I'm confiscating this. Cut two. Yeah. Right. It takes the takes the robot away. Yeah. Cut two. The principal being approached by oil tycoons. <laughs> well, well, hang on. So, um, the yeah, okay, sure, sure. <laughs> Carry on with that. Carry on so, with that. So, I'm gonna take a, a take a thing from the Simpsons here. Okay. And there's oil underneath the school. <laughs> See, okay. Is that just, that's just going on. That's that's kind of parallel to this that's going yeah, on. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be the big thing that the robot's going to help about so with in the end. Break, they're going to break the school. Uh, that's great. They're going to knock down the school and, and get, get oil. Perfect. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Then, head teacher leaves that, that meeting and mm. goes to find that the, the, teacher, the teacher has dropped off this um, has dropped off this robot, right? And uh, the teacher, the head teacher, Patrick Stewart, mm. um, is like, Ooh, I've always wanted a a, a Lucy Lou uh, companion <laughs> bot. <laughs> so he starts like messing around. He's like, Oh, yeah. Uh, would you care to make me a cup of tea, Lucy Lou companion <laughs> bot? Maybe we could share a pot together. Because <laughs> uh, that, that's what uh, men in this world want. <laughs> What <laughs> one these women bots Just for? Making tea <laughs> for hang- having tea parties with. Because <laughs> yeah. it's a kids' movie, um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and he's like, oh, I- I've always wanted, always fancied myself one of these these companion bots. <laughs> Cut to tea party. Yeah. <laughs> and he's and he's like messing around with her. He's like he's like, oh, you make such a good hilarious joke. And he slaps her on the shoulder. <laughs> and then and then the and then the fine china explodes. Yeah. Oh, they've got quite a grip. <laughs> uh, so, so how does this sort of come to a conclusion then? Like, do, do the oil barons do they try and bulldoze the school? And and the the mom is like the the guardian of the school now. Um, I think so. We get there in a roundabout way. Yeah, I think like the kid tries to sneak in because. Um, she's. He realizes on his watch that she's on a timer. She's st- slowly starting to reboot yeah. into a into a battle bot. And if she's not, um, and if she's not like shut down, uh, then it's all going to shit. Yeah. Meanwhile, Patrick Stewart's having this tea party. Yeah, yeah. Right. Of so slowly, like we've got this whole like comedy of errors type thing where slowly. <laughs> 
system subsystems are reactivating yeah. right so like her her magnetronic uh magnetronic laser eyes are like or, or 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 grip is starting to summon knives from the kitchen and stuff yeah um and and uh like I think she's got to have some agency over it as well, though, right? She, yeah. She's like, oh shit, puts it down and stuff. Oh, yeah, no, I think yeah, you're right there. Um, she's she's trying to she, her her subsystems are still trying to yeah. stay in mom mode, right? Yeah. Um, and and so like she's, you know, sort of uh, trundling along. Um, I was see this is the thing I was thinking of this as a sort of like Jetsons robot, mm. you know, where it's basically like performing the function of. Uh, but I think you're thinking of it more of a, a person robot. Yeah, yeah. Um, we can do that though. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, when... I don't like the idea of the only woman in this being something that <laughs> that just has no control over her body. Uh, I guess I guess that was the that was my trying to do. I was trying that was the joke of the the, the cyberpunk world. But yeah, yeah I, you make a good point. Yeah, um, we're above we, that. If we want to make better cinema, then yeah. we'll go with yours. Yeah, if yeah. we want to make a point, we'll go with mine. <laughs> um, so like, uh, yeah, she's she's trying to stop. She's I guess she doesn't really understand because mm. she doesn't know that she's a battle bot. She just thinks oh, she's sure, she's a companion because all yeah. of her main programming is like I'm a mum. Mm. Um, so she's like you know putting putting the the shoulder missiles down and stuff whenever they pop out, um, thinking it's like a malfunction. Yeah, I'll have to get that checked out and stuff. And all the while, you know, Patrick Stewart's like, no, don't go. I <laughs> I, I was just brewing up the oolong. Um, and ah, oh, the oolong's on fire. <laughs> Um, and, I'm guessing that's tea. Yeah, yeah. it's on fire though. It's... Um, and uh, I, I guess like eventually, kid finds that in the when the teacher took away mom, mm. one of the control chips fell out. Right. So he all, all the way through, he's trying to get into this principal's office to mm. put this control chip in. Right. Doesn't succeed. Right. Because mm. that would be bad. Yeah. What happens is um, the control chip gets smashed in a tussle with uh, school security, she starts going into full battle mode, yeah. right? Just as the bulldozers come in and uh, she decides as battle bomb that she is going to protect her son's school. That's that movie. That's that movie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Stop on my more reboot. I did see a funny joke. Oh online the other day it's full of those it was like it's funny how most philip k dick adaptations are called something like uh total recall or like splintered mind or something like that (laughs) when they're based on short stories called like a fun day at the brain factory (laughs) because total recall is called we remember it for you wholesale (laughs) <laughs> which is which is a great name. It's great, yeah. For a story. Good. Yeah. Um and uh and I know obviously Duandro Doom of Electric Sheep is, yeah. is Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. Which again is just like a really really sort of like, ah, this is a cool, smashing title. Yeah. Uh, and then it's just like, what the fuck is Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? It's cause it's like a it, like Philip K. Dick is sci fi that's just like chin strokey. It's yeah. sort of like, oh, I wonder what would happen if, oh, yeah. I wonder what would happen if it was, if it was uh, robots, but they didn't know they were robots. Yeah. Oh, imagine. There's, there's also Super Toys Play All Summer Long, which is AI. Really? Yeah. <laughs> By, um, Super Toy 
Please play us some along. It's a short story by Brian Aldiss. Wow. Yeah. Not concise, that one. No, no, Me, I, no. None of these were concise. It's a really weird short story that mm. I printed out for when I was doing my own, uh, making my own films. And it was, uh, yeah. My was, goodness, you printed them out. Yeah, you I printed, printed it because it, it was like online. Like my, my, tutors, my tutor was just like, yeah, this this film's on, this, uh, this book's online. <laughs> Download it. And uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Speaking of which, though. Yeah. Um, was watching an interview with Ridley Scott. Yeah. Uh, James Cameron interviewing Ridley Scott. He's just doing this documentary. We're just interviewing loads of sci-fi directors. Yeah. And uh, Ridley Scott hadn't read Blade Runner. <laughs> he hadn't read it all the way through. He got bored. And uh, yeah, he hadn't read the script of Blade Runner. He hadn't read like Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep. Oh yeah, he hadn't read Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, to be honest, I don't think he'd read the script either. So. <laughs> Because that film is mainly, like, if you think about it, it's mainly visuals. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Blade Runner, out of all, all, the, all the things we've mentioned so far, Blade Runner is the only one that even remotely approaches cyberpunk. Um, yeah? Like, yes, yeah. AI ain't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, AI. Neither, it, actually, AI does does quite a bit. Um, there's, there's, like, there's a big I would say corporation. And... I would say there's underground, like, uh, refugees, but I don't think any of that is punk. Yeah, it's, I think punk is super necessary for cyberpunk. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's solid sci-fi, isn't it? There's yeah. no there's no culture there. It's yeah. just like it's it's I what I would call like a War of the Worlds style. Like we're hiding in here. This is a necessary thing. There is no culture. It's just yeah. existence. Speaking of which, I listened to the audiobook of Neuromancer right. by William Gibson. Find a new romance. Yeah, yeah, and it's, he's a new romantic. Oof, oof, it's thick. Is it? <laughs> yeah, that book with two C's. It's, it's thick. <laughs> like it's it's so dense, and it oh, it's yes, yeah, yeah. it's not very good. What's it about? I can't tell you. Okay. I, I, like, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not like a sort of like William Gibson will kill me if I tell you what it's about. I, I can't honestly remember what it was about. It's so so. It was so hard to fucking concentrate on mm. on the dialogue and the and the actual plot. I was like, I was, literally, I was listening to it just thinking of anything else. Yeah. Um. But that that is that is what's known as the sort of starting point for cyberpunk. That novel, I think. Yeah. And I was just like, this is boring <laughs> well it's gonna be like it yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be middle of the road and slightly optimistic well not maybe slightly optimistic but slightly um uh you, like you you read a lot of those origin things don't you you, mm. you you tend to go um you like to read things from the legacy of the genres we we enjoy mm. like i we've spoken before about like you know the invisible man mm. and how yeah, yeah. it is a description of an invisible man. Well, the thing is, right? The, the invisible man is really engaging because <laughs> it's like, what's this man gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. It turns <laughs> it, out he's just gonna be invisible. Almost literally, that he's gonna plan for world domination and then nothing happens. Um, same with, I mean, War of the Worlds is, mm. is the beginning of the alien invasion novel, of and that's really, really yeah. gripping. Mm. Um, <laughs> like cyberpunk neuromancer is very boring. Um, <laughs> it's it's probably right because the landscapes he's 
describing mm. we've just seen. We've seen like them. we've seen them in every cyberpunk movie yeah. and like cyberpunk 2077 yeah. i think yeah yeah the 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 trash game that the everyone's looking game. forward yeah, to yeah. Uh, i mean like yeah i listen no, no <laughs> offense if you enjoyed that game but yeah. like i don't know why i'm moderating my takes yeah, uh, yeah, on yeah. this podcast well, I, I, we've not played it <laughs> no, i mean i haven't played all, it on purpose like it looks great it does the, look the great. thing is right <laughs> it like from the it, nothing has changed in my sort of view of the game since the original trailer aesthetically it's wonderful yeah uh, like yeah well i agree with you actually tom there my 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 uh, opinion of cyberpunk has not changed since the trailer in that i treat cyberpunk as a trailer yeah yeah that, that, that i sometimes like to look at that trailer was released <laughs> 50 years ago mm. and um yeah no like um the the obviously with that you know the the crossover with us with our our genre like our podcast and mm. video game stuff mm. is is not we like we don't really stray into video games very much here, but we don't. Surprisingly, we don't because um, yeah, like the genre, like film genres tend to cross over. They do, really, yeah. they do. Unless we're specifically talking about video games, we don't often uh, cross the line. Despite like both of us being engaged in video game, like uh, like not necessarily dialogue, but like engaged in the art form of video games, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't play them as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, you play them a lot. Yeah, I know. yeah. I would. Uh, I do. A, I am part of a podcast um, called the Sheffield Gaming Podcast, which is um, you know ostensibly about video games and board games and the culture. It's all right, Matt. You can plug it and community around <laughs> around Sheffield. You can, you can talk enthusiastically about the other podcast on this. Don't yeah, worry. Well, no, I'm just. I'm just like in terms of this is my uh, like that's how involved I am with games, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I'm quite glad we ne- we rarely talk about video games. On this, though. <laughs> you know why? Why? Because I don't want to be a podcast that goes, "Oh, we're doing video games and films and just pop culture." Yeah, <laughs> no, that, don't don't. Yeah, it's, we're just two guys. We're just two guys. <laughs> two talk, we're two white guys, white guys. Talking, about, <laughs> talking about video games, uh, movies, and pop culture. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, if we had done that, we probably wouldn't have lasted almost six years. God no, we would have got so bored. There's no concept there. Yeah, yeah. It's podcasts just, that do that don't last unless they are part of a publication. I'm pretty certain it's like ninety percent of podcasts. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Uh, if you look at, at the podcasts, I think what you'd, you'd see is that ninety ninety five percent are yeah. two to three white guys talking about video games movies uh, but only movies that are like <laughs> that we cover uh, <laughs> yeah. only, only only sci-fi uh, franchise um uh, and and uh, uh, and action movies uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, pop culture uh, about comic book things mm-hmm. um and if that's the case like uh, I mean, that's that's 95 a lot right? of them are great sure yeah i've no doubt but that's 95% of them yeah then and a further three percent are true crime. Yeah. One percent white women. <laughs> yeah, two white women. It's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Talking about murders. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then uh, a further one percent are conspiracy uh, based. It's um, like it's like we grow up and and the and the and the gender dynamics 
sort of mold. We, we go from boys with fire trucks, girls with dollies, to, to boys with media podcasts and girls with murder podcasts. Um, and then the, the last one percent is um, podcasts with original concepts. Uh, I'm not not including ours there. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna hold hold judgment on ours. Well. But... Uh, BT Sport beat us to it apparently I've exactly. never listened but no, uh, no. they called it the Life's a Pitch podcast they so did, yeah. I don't, I don't know um, and this is of course there. a sports podcast but yeah we don't talk about video games very often but the genre of cyberpunk is um, uh, the perception of the genre of cyberpunk has changed significantly the mm. the conversation around the genre has changed significantly since that game came out mm. because it t- they they made a cyberpunk game with zero percent punk in it, mm. in which you help the cops stop crime, but also do Grand Theft Auto things. It's the Matrix if the agents were the good guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and everyone's got you know cyberpunk aesthetic things, and that's why we like the trailer. Cause, yeah, because everyone looks like cyberpunk. Yeah. We've got. The, all, all the women have blue and green hair and they're yeah. dancing on pedestals. And can detach their jaws. Hologram yeah. form. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I brought that part up. <laughs> well, we know you've got a predilection, Tom, for women who can who have, <laughs> can have detach uh, detachable jaw. jaws. <laughs> <laughs> That's why yeah. you read all that fiction about snake women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who can unhinge their jaws what? and swallow people. <laughs> The thing is right. Yeah. That's like <laughs> like like the thing is I've seen a few things recently that are just like Yeah <laughs> Raised by Wolves. Just snake fiction. <laughs> Women snake fiction. My, Jaws My wife the robot snake woman. Right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise known as Raised by Wolves. Oh, so you've read the uh, read the title we've been given this week. Wouldn't be surprised, knowing our <laughs> listeners. Um, so. We haven't had a monster wife uh, or monster spouse movie for a while. No, we haven't had a... Yeah. Well, yeah, the last one I think was probably the um, the werewolf in the aeroplane one. Uh, lesbian werewolves in an aeroplane. <laughs> Genuinely cannot remember that. <laughs> Dave Benson Phillips was a ghost, I think. The ghost of the pilot who was dead. Right, right, right. I... Genuinely, do not remember that. <laughs> you pitched it with Dave Palmer, I think. <laughs> I cannot remember that for the life of me. That's so weird. I, um... I mean, you're saying things, and I'm just like, yeah, we probably did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I genuinely don't remember that. That's crazy. I have a weird recollection of many of the movies we, we pitched. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, um, like, cyberpunk needs, I think, to be. More punk than cyber, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, Hackers. Hackers. That's set sort of in the not-too-distant future, isn't it? It's... Yeah, I mean, it's set. I think it was set in the past. Really? Oh, <laughs> like, oh of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well... <laughs> I think it was set in, like, in a, in a uh, slightly fantasised version of what was available with the technology then. Yeah, yeah. Like, we assumed that you could hack into the fire, uh, the um, the sprinkler system in a school. <laughs> we assumed you that, that you could hack into a bank and you would basically, what that would be was flying between buildings in a, in a, in a uh, green... In a virtual... A virtual city. Wireframe space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Reminds me Tron. Yeah. That's... Uh, That's cyberpunk. cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah. 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 
Yeah. Um, I was just like I was just about to say no. Certainly. No, it's it's more the uh, it's more the case of um, of just being cyber without the punk. But no, no, it's it's a genuine cyberpunk movie. The Tron Legacy definitely is cyberpunk. Uh, Tron is, is super anti corporate. Is more? Is it? Yeah. I can't remember because I have seen it, but yeah, Jeff Bridges is like he's being. He's hunting down like programs in the NCOM mainframe or something. Yes, of course, yeah, because it is is a big corporate system that Lee like tries to bring down, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So uh, the I mean, um, start they both start (laughs) off quite cyberpunk, yeah, and then move into just just genuine sci-fi, virtuous sci-fi, like uh, almost, almost they're almost like god allegories at some point. They just become this sort of like. Um, it's become its own thing. It's born mm. out of greed, but it, it it like takes on a life of its own. Yeah. I, do, um, I do love the Tron movies. Like <laughs> they are they. I mean, the first one is by today's standards looks terrible. Yeah. Um, but like I watched it a few years ago. The story holds up. I'm gonna be honest with you, Tom. The mo I I remember more story. Of, more of the story of Tron uh. from Kingdom Hearts than I do from watching Tron. <laughs> oh, no. probably what you should probably watch Tron. <laughs> uh, I do remember the story of Kingdom Hearts uh, Tron world, and it's it's very different. <laughs> what you mean, Goofy doesn't get get shot? No. <laughs> Bang. Um, yeah, like. <laughs> But but I'm thinking about things like um, iRobot. Oh yeah, and I think that ha- there's an element of cyberpunk to that. Yeah. Um, because it has this uh, almost anti-corporate, almost anti-nanny state sentiment. Mm. I'm thinking about games like Mirror's Edge, which, yeah. despite not involving very much cyber in uh, at all, mm. has a kind of cyberpunk feel to it because not only are you Stay. You are a, a runner who is like a messenger between people, trying to keep mm. things off the government-owned internet. Yeah. Um. But also, like, you are. I mean, Faith looks like a cyberpunk. Mm. Um. And the color schemes and the skylines and all that kind of thing mm. in in that city in in Mirror's Edge. Um. Are super cyberpunky. Yeah. Um. Very clean lines and very mm. sort of like um uh, bright lights. Uh, quite brutalist. Yes. In a way. Yeah. Uh, have you played cy- uh, Cyberpunk Catalyst? Uh, Mirror's Edge Catalyst. No, yeah. I haven't actually. I keep meaning to. It's it's really good. It's open world. Yeah. Oh really? The, my only my only gripe with it is, it like gives you unlockable skills. Right. So like for the first half an hour to an hour of the game, you can't roll. <laughs> Oh, so God, you're just sort awful. of you're sort of jumping off things and going, "Ow!" <laughs> <laughs> if only there was some way of cushioning the fall. Oh my goodness, yeah. That's in a game about movement, you really don't want that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I played I played Ori in the Blind Forest, and then immediately played Ori in the Will Will of the Wisps, mm. both of which are games about movement. Um, and like, it was really nice when in the second one they didn't take away all of your skills you could still jump off walls and stuff because it was like you they knew that you weren't you, you if you'd got finished doing the first one yeah you did not want to go back to going flump and just sort of bouncing off things yeah um uh, yeah like uh, that okay so I, i'll probably pl- probably play that because because the world in, in mirror's edge really interests me mm. it's a nanny state mm. rather than far uh, far from being a um traditional capitalist although it it is 
um, far from being a traditional capitalist dystopia, mm. on the outside it looks very utopic. Mm. Um, it, there's so many, it, it's so shiny. It looks uh, like sort of Brave New World kind of very clean. Exactly. There's no dirt to it. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's not. It's not. 1984 it's everything's squeaky clean yeah. everything has beautiful lines and looks amazing in the yeah. sunrise and sort of like you are almost you're almost a blot uh, uh, a kind of yeah you're almost a blotch on it mm. right you as a character the the world around you is reacting to you as if you are an aberration yeah and um that is a really good storytelling thing of uh, you know, they they tried it with Bioshock Infinite, mm. obviously, which goes way out of the way. It's definitely not cyberpunk, but like, um, it's something punk. It's steampunk, mm. um, which is weird because most steampunk really isn't punk. There's nothing punk about yeah, steampunk. Yeah, it, it's, I, I guess I guess punk in this term, it it might start to mean like something punk might start to mean sort of like the aesthetic only, mm. um, sort of. Which I think is a bad, yeah. bad route to go down. Yeah. Although, yeah, I guess I think it's a route that plenty have gone down, yeah. and it might we might be too far on the tipping point like, to walk back from. Uh, frost punk is a sure. thing. Yeah. As well, like yes. uh, I think um, Snowpiercer. Yeah. Is, would it's, be it's considered kind of frost punk. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, certainly. There's. It's kind of like. Frostpunk only in concept. Yeah, uh, it's not actually an aesthetic or. But I guess that's. I mean, it, it yeah. is an aesthetic in in Snowpiercer. It's... I guess you're right. I guess you're right because like those huddled masses are yeah. the punk part of Frostpunk. Right? Yeah, it's like people dictating to you that that scarcity is a reason to keep you oppressed. Yeah, is is Frostpunk? Mm. Wow, I have never thought of Frostpunk as a. As one of the genuine punks, <laughs> but it is. You always thought it was just the aesthetic, but like Snowpiercer definitely proves it. Yeah, it, Gee it whiz. exists. Um, I mean, it is. Arjun House fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> he's so good. Um, yeah, uh, he's so good. Like mm. the thing is, he recognizes punk in it in its in its like that in that style. He in in um, Okia. Mm. Like, eco-fascism is addressed. Yeah. Like, not only corporatism, but eco-fascism is, is, is like, a big part of that movie. Mm. Um, like, that man might be single-handedly keeping various punks alive. <laughs> he's got them in his basement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's got them in his basement. <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> they're unconscious and just sort of... And their wife's <laughs> working in the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and their wife working as a maid in his yes. house. <laughs> where's where's my food going? <laughs> um. So, uh, like, we we haven't got much to pull from in terms of cyberpunk. But I think I think if we if we pull in things like um, uh, Snowpiercer and its and its uh, frostpunk uh, mm. style, I think we can we can start to work towards things. What are things that you think are cyberpunk that? people wouldn't necessarily think were cyberpunk um what in film wise or just aspects film wise I think we'll try and stay for that um I think uh Speed Racer interesting 
Um, yeah, with the sort of anti-corporate yeah. message, and uh, and it's a very futuristic world. That's get there. that's kind of cyberpunk. Um, what else? Uh, Weirdly enough, though, most cyberpunks don't use the traditional American family unit yeah. to, um, uh, to to as a, as a sort of like... It's an outlier. Yeah, it definitely. is an outlier, very much so, yeah. But there is that aspect That's to it. That's interesting, yeah. Because uh, I was just thinking The Matrix is definitely yeah. one of the best ones, if not the best cyberpunk movie of all time. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I think it's probably worth... It's probably a safe bet to say it's the most popular cyberpunk movie. Mm. Yeah. And, like, I watched the sequels the other day. Uh, I'm not sure if we've talked about this. Like, because they're on Amazon. I just put the sequels on. I was like, I'm so bored. Yeah. I'm going to just put the sequels on. Surely they have not stood up. Uh, Like, I remember watching them as a kid and just being like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. Neo flying around and stuff. And then, like, a few years later, I'm like, this. I don't understand anything that's happening in it. Mm. And then a few years go by, I'm just like, I watched it the other day, I'm like, this is some really incredible world building that went off like completely over my head. Yeah. Um, sure, yeah. And the more, the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, fuck, that world is so like odd and fleshed out in, in a way that you don't really get it until like the... 20th watch I think as well like a lot of it apparently isn't in the movies like yeah. and and probably for good reason because I don't think it fits but um, yeah the like you imagine if I'm I'm thinking about me after mm. having watched The Matrix and I, I, I there is I think part of me that I think um, went off movies for a little while mm. um, because of The Matrix 2 mm um because i was really into the matrix yeah um i think i saw it on a pirated copy because i was too young to go to it at the cinema yeah um but i saw it ahead of its release um on dvd yeah i'm um, i'm pretty sure because we were all under 15 weren't we yeah. i'm pretty sure that's the way i watched it as well we were, we were the <laughs> cyberpunks um, and uh my next door neighbor was uh. <laughs> <laughs> and um i saw it in fact parody copy watched mm. it and loved every piece of it and obviously what i wanted was more neo like mm. he flies off at the end of that thing i want to see him beat people up while the, having the ability to fly um yeah I was wrong. That's not what I should yeah, have didn't, wanted. Didn't want any of that. But if yeah. you'd have started telling me, if if the next movie had started telling me that you know werewolves were actually aberrations in the Matrix and we're going to explore that, yeah. then I probably would have also switched off. Unless it was a good movie. The thing is, I thought I loved Matrix Reloaded. Mm. I thought I loved Matrix Revolutions because they gave me exactly what I'd asked for. Yeah. However. Something about them left me cold. I now realise it being that they weren't good movies. Yeah. Um. And uh, like, like they are I... not good movies. However, they are really good at exploring. It's it's a case of if this then. Yeah. Um. Sort of like going in that direction of world building. The problem is that it's still centered around Neo. Yeah. So like they do a bad job, I think, of exploring. Mm. those things that I now find interesting about the Matrix's world because it is Neo who has to learn them the there are only really two or three perspectives and only one of them is important um, and that becomes it's kind of like the, the Kingdom Hearts 
problem of like it's light and darkness and um there is no there's nothing outside we brought of it. kingdom hearts twice in this discussion of cyberpunk <laughs> Um, but yeah, What's like going on. What I'm trying to say is that I think that like um, I think I think Cyberpunk needs to be messy. Yeah, I think it needs to be um, uh, like we've been watching Twin Peaks. Yeah, and um, Twin Peaks isn't Cyberpunk. That, that classic Cyberpunk tale. Twin Peaks isn't cyberpunk, but what Twin Peaks does do is give you a really good idea of a of a culture of a place. Yeah, yeah, and and right, that's just a good example of something done well. Yeah, like you can't you can't take a genre away from it because it's not done well. Like, <laughs> I think yes, you can because I think you can take away cyberpunk from cyberpunk twenty seven seven twenty seven sixty seven because if it's not punk, yeah, <laughs> like. I think you can it's take just away sci-fi. Isn't yeah, it? if you if you for instance, I I would say like if um a let's say a movie that was supposed to be a punk movie um like I made they made Ready Player One except they put a bunch of military propaganda in it. Hmm. I would probably say that forgot Ready you Player could, One's you could a cyberpunk movie. You could argue that it's not. Yeah. Because it's super heavily corporate, and they don't get critic. It doesn't critique anything for being very he- corporately sort of like. Uh... Yeah, it does. The book doesn't. Um... The book doesn't. The film does. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. The film. The film gets <laughs> the that film, bang on. The film uh, like... because the, because the film's got good direction behind yeah, it. The film. The film. In a way, <laughs> the great thing about the film is that there are homages, and all the homages are to artistry yeah. <laughs> rather than like uh, rather than like. Uh, franchise, yeah. right? So the film's homage to The Shining is not gonna get The Shining any watches. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna, uh... and for good reason. <laughs> the Shining is a movie. terrible movie. But like, yeah, it's it doesn't it. What it doesn't. Why do, do people like The Shining? What it doesn't do is say like, oh, I used to love watching them Power Rangers. Yeah. I love the Power Rangers. Everyone should like the Power Rangers, and then everyone goes, oh. I think I missed out on Power Rangers, I guess. Mm. Um, it's not like a little advert for just that person's favourite things. Yeah. It's got direction. It's got a punk uh, thing to it. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah. It it feels very much like Tron, though, that, that film. A um, little bit, yeah. I, I almost forgot it was a book. <laughs> when you brought it up, I was... I was like, oh yeah, the Spielberg movie, Ready Player One. Yeah. And then when you said, oh, the movie, I was like, oh yeah, no, there's a fucking book about it. There's <laughs> two books now. Really, I, I quite enjoyed it at the time. And then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, no. It's it's like, honestly, it, I do not blame anyone, including myself, for liking it yeah. at the time. I, like, no one should blame themselves for it because what it is, is MSG or like, you know... Uh, Sugar and salt and fat in yeah. in a lovely combination of yeah. of like nutrition. It tricks your brain into thinking you're getting something. Yeah. Um. It, of of like, uh. It fulfills a lovely sense of nostalgia, mm. coupled with a um uh, a sort of very very easy to digest Charlie and the Chocolate Factory format. Mm. Um. And that is so comfortable. So incredibly comfortable to, to to read that it um 
you know you can you can enjoy it you will enjoy it it's 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 junk food for in in word form mm. um the, like but as it people have rightly critiqued uh, it for looking at it as a piece of art what it is saying is not really that worthy <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's like what it is saying is, I like these things, like them too. Yeah. Um, rather than like, I like these things. I hope you like them as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, and and even even worse, probably, is, do you remember this? Yeah. Do you remember that? Because I do. I'm the the, the goodest one at remembering because I wrote a book about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, both those things are what our brains do, and we can accept that those are things that our brains do. Yeah. But actually, we should probably recognise them as traps, as psychological traps. I I watched an interesting take on um, uh, Ready Player One by Nando V Movies. Yeah, like this guy just goes and changes bits of the script to make me want to watch that version of. <laughs> okay, because uh, his versions are so much better. Um, he should probably be a, a script doctor. Yeah. Um, because uh, he said that in the last battle at the end of Ready Player One, it should be the Iron Giant piloted by the bad guy. Yeah. Because the Iron Giant, the story of the Iron Giant is like a weapon being yeah. changed into a, into just a, a friend. Yeah. Um, and uh, and the fact that the bad guy doesn't understand that at all, he just yeah. sees it as a big as a weapon. badass yeah. weapon. Would be a, a fitting thing. I'm just like, yeah, no, that would that would have made more sense, uh, <laughs> yeah, but... and also sort of played with the themes of it, and, and not just been there for like, oh, I remember. The Iron and then Giant. you've got to give the Iron Giant to the bad guy. Yeah. So you know that damages the Iron Giant uh, optics, yeah. doesn't it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the, that's the really surface level take you can take if you are an executive or Steven Spielberg, yeah. uh, which is to say, I don't want the Iron Giant to look bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want it to be piloted by the bad guy. Yeah, but it's <laughs> which is a corporate way of looking at it. Yeah, it's, um, uh, it's its own cyberpunk nightmare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hello, just want to say thank you for listening to the Lives of Pitch deleted scenes. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, maybe consider sharing it with your friends on social media, by word of mouth, anywhere really. Maybe put it onto a, a thumb drive and just throw it at someone. And maybe even reviewing it on wherever you got it. If you find it somewhere on iTunes or Acast or wherever, maybe review it there. Five stars, thumbs up, give everyone the heads up. Like I said before, thank you. Cheers. Right. Bye. Bye.